And bam, we are live. What a treat tonight. Holy cow. What a treat. Bernie, what's up, buddy? Seven, I'm probably doing some low-intensity chatting to clear the lactate for today's podcast event number three. I wish. I need to. I've been avoiding. Uh, actually, uh, yesterday I did a workout in the garage at 20 degrees. My ears were hurting. Um, my wife did a... Uh, 11 burpees on the minute for 10 minutes. And to be honest with you, I've been um, thinking about the elevation here and thinking, oh man, that's going to hurt. But I should probably do that tonight after this show. We are broadcasting from Coeur d'Alene. Thank you guys for joining us. Dan, what's up, dude? Working overtime today. The thing is this, this guy that's about to come on, I consider him the uh, former foremost expert on reporting from the border, Jorge Ventura. So anytime I can get him on, I'm stoked. And so every like, maybe like once a month, I'll be like, Jorge, can you come on? And he'll be like doing something where he can't. And so I'm always ready to do a last minute Jorge Ventura podcast. And so I've been bugging him a little bit because of what's heating up there. So today I'm like, Hey dude, can you do it? And he's always cool. He, he always responds yes or no. And today he's like, yeah, let's roll. And look, there he is. How are we doing, bro? What's up? Holy cow. So stoked to see you. I know, dude. It's been a while, right? We didn't we haven't done one in like six months, maybe. Been a, it's been a minute. Can you hear me okay? I just switched microphones. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Uh holy cow, where are you right now? I am in a hotel in Eagle Pass, Texas. So we are on the border. Um, just for some context for the viewers, guys, Eagle Pass has kind of been the epicenter of this border crisis. Last month, this area got around 2,000 people a day. Uh, if you guys seen those images where there's like thousands of, pe uh, thousands of migrants waiting to be apprehended, it was here in Eagle Pass. They're averaging 2,000 people a day. There was actually one day where over 4,000 crossed illegally uh, in one time. You got Texas State Troopers here, Border Patrol. You also got uh, Florida State Troopers. I don't know if people know this, but Florida State Troopers are still here on the border. They've been deployed for DeSantis for over um, a year. And if you guys have been seeing the news lately, uh, Eagle Pass is also the area where there's an area called Shelby Park that basically Texas came in and took full control. They kicked out Border Patrol agents and said, no, we are going to basically have our own command center. We're going to put up a bunch of more that concertina wire and block migrants from entering the Supreme Court actually ruled today that Border Patrol agents have the right to cut through that Constantina wire that Texas has installed. So a lot of drama, but here in Eagle Pass has kind of been, what I say, the epicenter so far the, this last couple of months. Hey, it, where where is this thing that we're hearing about that could, you know, I don't know if they're being high, uh, hyperbolic about it, but they're saying it could be the start of a civil war. Is that at Eagle Pass? Yeah, basically you have the state of Texas going against the White House. Yeah, talk um, to us like we're idiots. Talk to us like we're little kids because don't no detail is too small, by the way. Like okay. pretend like we don't know shit, please. Okay, go. Yeah, so 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 really quick, guys. So there's a, there's an area called Shelby Park on the border, and it's mm -hmm. an area where it's been a hotspot for migrant crossings. Now, so many migrants come at once that Border Patrol, they've used this park to what they call is uh, a staging area, meaning that let's say they get like 100 of migrants to come. They basically have these migrants wait there. You know, there's border patrol agents there, but they have them wait there as they wait for buses to come, you know, transport the migrants and take them to a processing center. So they call that a staging area. So what Texas is doing is Texas came in 
uh, about a little bit more than a week ago and kicked all the Border Patrol agents out and said, no, 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 no. We don't want this to be a staging area. We want to block migrants from even coming into the U.S. So they essentially kicked out Border Patrol in a way that we've never How seen. How does that before. work? Explain that to me. So how many – are there like – uh 50 border patrol agents there or were there a hundred or you're basically saying the border patrol agents work for the federal government and you're exactly. saying the texas uh um police versus the federal police the texas police came in and said hey we don't want you here anymore what are the size of these groups so it, it, it you know it 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 varies but there's basically there's hundreds of border patrol agents here in, in eagle pass now this area is Shelby park it's about two and a half miles long. So what? Wow. What, 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 essentially, what, this is kind of like the, the the detail that I want to add kind of before we even get into it is. Okay. okay. Essentially, if, if you're a migrant and you set foot in, on U.S. soil, Border Patrol agent has to basically, you know, by federal law, basically take you in, apprehend you or do do whatever. It has to be up, up to Border Patrol. Texas is playing the role of. They don't even want that to happen. They actually want to block migrants. So that's why they're putting concertina wire. I don't know if, if you guys seen, but there's been viral videos of where you see actual, like, like Texas National Guardsmen with riot shields, like blocking migrants from entering, you know, going through concertina wire. So what, 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 what basically I was speaking to uh, the governor of Montana, what he says is you basically have dual missions between what the federal government is doing and then what the state. Right now, if you're, if you're a migrant and you cross illegally, that's why if you guys ever see my videos, and, and, when I, and I mentioned this to you several times, bro, is is, is when under Biden, migrants are not uh, uh, scared of Border Patrol, meaning that like once they cross in the U.S., they actually look for Border Patrol because they want to be processed because they know that there's kind of a catch and release program, that they'll be released inside the United States. Texas wants to stop any of that. So they don't they don't they don't want migrants to, to basically there's actual there. meeting areas. It, it's an it, it, there's actual meeting areas and where they know the Border Patrol waits exactly. for them because they know that, like you said, thousands are going to cross. Exactly. So they can't just why, push them back. They can't just push them back. So, I mean, the, the thing is, Border Patrol right now is they're not playing any role of like deterrent so that when I speak to agents who are morale is really low, obviously, with, with this number of crossings. What agents tell me is that essentially they've been they're now turned into basically Uber drivers for migrants, meaning that they don't block migrants from entering. Once my migrants enter illegally, they look for Border Patrol agents. And a lot of these agents now their shifts are literally driving a basically a school bus going down to the border, picking up 100 migrants, take them to a processing center and then repeat that process for like eight hours in a day. So that's why also morale is low, because you're not seeing agents do the blocking and deterring. That's where Texas is trying to play a different role. They said, hey, we want to play the deterrence role. We want, we want to play the blocking. That's why Texas has put shipping containers, that Constantina wire. We're seeing now um, the Texas military now be, be kind of wearing these uh, riot shields and then block migrants from entering. So we're seeing this historic battle between the state of Texas and now the federal government in a way that we've really never seen before. Who, who's in Who's in the right is is te is this um is like like to the letter of the law i'm not saying like what we want obviously a lot of us want a country where there's a border and people get to come in not illegally but legally so we can track them and they can follow the laws and the rules but who's in the right here who does the state of texas have the right to um lay all of this barbed wire there and tell the federal agents, hey, don't move it. Who has the right there? Who has the, the rule of law there? 
so 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 Texas has the right to basically do what they just did, where they just kick out federal agents, kind of take control of, of this land. Now, this is where it's going to get tricky just because we've never seen this before, is that concertina wire is technically owned by the city of Eagle Pass that's been installed by the state of Texas. That's been allowed by the city. Now you have the Supreme Court saying, well, Border Patrol agents have the right, if they're on the border, to cut through that concertina wire. And where, we, where we've seen this in the, in the past is, where you have a migrant essentially on the river on the other side of that Constantino wire, Border Patrol is essentially will cut through that wire and then take that migrant in. That happens a few times now where you either have migrants. Are they in- obligated? Let me stop you one more time, Jorge. Are they obligated to do that by so federal is, law? Are they obligated to cut the wire? See, th- th- that's where, all, you know, as a border reporter, I'm, I'm learning about this, but this is where they are mm-hmm. obligated. So, so. Technically, when that migrant reaches that Constantino wire, te- if we're being technical, they're already on U.S. soil because okay. one half of the Rio Grande belongs to Mexico, the other half American. So basically, if you're a migrant and right, right when you get to the middle of the Rio Grande, technically you are on American soil. And then that issue is basically taken by the federal government. So if you're a Border Patrol agent, you have to apprehend these migrants. That's where Texas has come in and put that layers of Constantino wire. And, and like basically, Texas is saying we don't care. If you're taking on American soil, but you're not, you're not going to enter um, into Shelby Park or that or that area. Now, if you're a migrant, all you really have to do, if we're just being honest, is just walk another mile or two down that river, and eventually you'll find a border patrol agent, and eventually you'll you'll have to be taken in. Um, so when I spoke with Texas DPS, because I've done interviews with with like they're basically the the top officials with Texas DPS. With they wait, say wait, it, so so bear with me, D- Texas. What what's the acronym you're using? DPS, which is Department of Public Safety, they're the ones who okay. assign the state troopers on the border. Okay. But technically, they've been deployed to the border by the governor. So it's, this is this all has been uh, – and, and that operation is called Operation Lone Star, where, where Governor Greg Abbott has deployed Texas state troopers on the border. And what's interesting here, bro, I forgot to actually mention is if you're a single adult migrant, right? So let's say you're a male or female single adult. If you cross illegally right now into Shelby Park, Texas DPS is waiting for you, the, the the state troopers, and they are arresting migrants and then charging them for criminal trespassing. Now, if you're a family and you ma- you manage to enter illegally, Texas DPS will still take you to Border Patrol. So they'll let U.S. Border Patrol handle that because obviously the, there's kids involved. That's going to be a whole other scenario. But if you're a single male or an adult and you cross illegally in the Shelby Pass, Texas DPS is actively arresting migrants right now and then charging them with, with criminal trespassing. Uh, uh, Tanya Bowers, a DPS is comparable to California Highway Patrol. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's actually a good comparison. Um, so, uh, let's, let's dig in there a second. Where do they take these gentlemen when they charge them? Do they actually arrest them, cuff them, zip tie them and take them to a holding facility? So they'll take them actually to the local jail and it'll be up to the judge to whether to charge that migrant with a misdemeanor. What Texas DPS was telling me is they find this important because now that migrant technically has a criminal record in the U.S. if they try to re-enter again uh, illegally. What, what's going to be interesting now is today the news came down. This was actually a great day to do the episode is today the Supreme Court ruled on the side of Biden. So tomorrow is going to be fascinating because I'm going to be at Shelby Park. So I'll be inside where Texas EPS has kicked the feds out. And we'll see if Border Patrol just comes in. We'll see if there's a battle at the gate. I mean, we, we really don't know. We're, we're in some really unfamiliar territory um so this is all really gonna get really interesting you know there's gonna be a bunch of legal battles but as of right now the state of texas is kind of like holding their ground and they're not allowing border patrol agents in um today also uh the attorney general for for the state of texas who is ken paxton 
Um, I don't know, uh, Seven, if we could if we could pull up his tweets or whatever here, because uh, I know I know we've done that in the past. But he he's he's saying, hey, we're gonna we're gonna fight this. Um, so right tell now, me, tell like, me, Jorge, tell me your Instagram account. It'll be uh, Jorge Ventura TV, I believe it should be. Yeah, let me double check. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't yeah. have anyone working the back end. That's why we haven't been pulling anything up, and I apologize. No worries, uh, I, no worries. But I do want to. I is that is that correct? I wanted to add That's your correct. Instagram account down here, so anyone who wants to, you can watch this. I'm not joking. This is the premier border journalist in our lifetime uh, we're so lucky to have jorge here if you want to watch this stuff unfold in real time make sure you follow him on instagram and, and he brings all the stuff okay i want to go back to this thing did you say that some people are being deported by dps once they get arrested if they get arrested um the judge can deport them and how does that work so basically the the the, the judge would decide whether to charge that migrant criminally with criminal trespassing it's, it's a misdemeanor it won't be a felony charge and then they could spend some time in jail but after that, DPS will technically refer that migrant back to U.S. Customs Border Patrol, so it'll be up to Border Patrol on what they do after that. If that migrant is deported and then tries to enter illegal, legally again, what Texas DPS is telling me is they find this, this system important because technically then that migrant will have already a criminal history. It'll be on record okay. instead okay. of just kind of being expelled with, with, no, with no type of record. At the end of the day, that migrant still has to be referred to Border Patrol because Border Patrol is the one – who at the end of the day is going to make the decision to deport, you know, they, they'll, they'll do their own kind of processing and they'll kind of go from there. But as we know, and as you guys have been following my work and we've, we've spoken on this podcast multiple times, um, majority of migrants um, or, or not, you know, a good chunk are still being released inside the U S with what's called an NTA. That's a notice to appear in court. I've interviewed numerous of these migrants that have been released inside the United States that actually don't have court. Till about 2027. Now we're finding out court dates far as 2030. So what does that mean really quick, right? So if you don't have a court date to 2030, what does this mean? That means that migrant now is technically legally allowed to be in the U.S. Now they might not be legally allowed to work, but they are legally allowed in the U.S. The other flip side of the story is now you have Democratic governors like New York in, uh, in Illinois and Colorado saying, we're taking in so many migrants. It's running up the bill for taxpayers. They're pressuring Biden to basically allow these migrants to get expedited work permits to stop to, to be allowed to work. But what's interesting is um, you're actually, you know, like I said, the other side of the story is you have Democratic governors saying we are taking too many migrants. It's running up the, te- the, the, the taxpayer funds. And this is just a quick stat in New York right now. Um, New York City, on average, is spending eight million dollars a day on taxpayer funds just to house migrants. So that's $8 million a day. According to the mayor's office, they believe that in about three, four years fiscally, they could be spending up to $12 billion just housing migrants. So what you have right now is you have Democratic governors even trying to urge the federal uh, government to do something about the humanitarian crisis. Massachusetts has like recently came out and was like, like was asking residents, hey, if you have like an extra room or two in your house and I you saw can that. take it, migrants, please help us. So it's it's no, is anyone before. doing that? Have you heard of anyone doing no. that? No. No. No, 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 not, not right now. I think the most liberal person as of right now hasn't even uh, done that. But what's interesting um, is last time that I spoke to you, yes, we've had Democrats complain about this issue, but now it's it's really turning the tide and it's really becoming a political vulnerability for Biden. Um, so we'll see how this kind of story un- unfolds. But last month, was key in this immigration story because last month broke the record 
for the most migrant encounters. We're talking about over 300,000 migrants were encountered in just a month. That's a, that's essentially more than the population of the city of Cincinnati entering the United States. Is that, de- is that December of um, 2023? 20, uh, you're saying yes. there were 300,000 encounters. Exactly. And that's still not counting uh, what we call the gotaways. So th- those are the individuals that enter the U.S. illegally that were detected by Border Patrol technology, but they, they did not have the manpower to apprehend those migrants. Another thing, um, I know I'm rambling here, but these are, these are just- No, 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 go, go, go. Is, I'm writing down questions for you for all I of this. Ju- we, I just going. released a story today on my Instagram. So if you guys are interested in this story, check it out. But there's a Venezuelan prison gang who's actually <laughs> have who has known gang members um, crossing illegally into the United States right now. There's a 23-year-old Venezuelan migrant, a part of this Venezuelan prison gang. I believe it's called Tren de Aregua. I believe is how you, how you pronounce this gang. Um, they have a strong foot, a stronghold, I should say, in Miami. Obviously, Miami has a huge uh, Venezuelan population already. Yep, yep. So they've kind of embedded in the migrant population. And one uh, one of their members, he's a 23-year-old, just got charged for murder uh, in South Florida. So we now know that this gang is actively in the U.S., According to some sources that I spoke with who actually gave me the information, this gang is in Miami, New York, and Chicago, but they have the stronghold in Miami, um, but we do know they have a presence in Chicago. Actually, uh, Chicago Police Department in November got a warning uh, to its officers saying, hey, watch out for known gang members uh, who might be living you know, in the Venezuelan migrant uh, population uh, in Chicago. So now you have kind of the national security aspect of this story kind of developing. And now we now, now we have confirmation that there's this Venezuelan prison gang now operating inside the United States. So is anyone ever, has anyone, is has anyone ever been deported during the Biden administration? If you come across the border, does anyone ever get deported? No, 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 no. People are, are, are getting deported. Um, the thing is, it's not at the rate that, you know, like a lot of, a lot of folks would, are going to want it as, but I mean, what's the determination in- of deport deportation? Like why do some people get to come over and, and a bunch of questions. Why do some people get to stay and some get deported? How are they deported? Are they flown like down to Argentina and be like, okay, start the trek again. And I guess those are the two things. How do they deport them? And, and how do they choose who to deport? Cause it, the news is making it look like no one's getting deported. So individuals are getting reported, but it's a, it's at a really low low rate. Um, and Do we know what the like, rate is? Do we know? Is it five percent? So, so why don't, why don't they the, deport everyone? Why don't they deport everyone? We don't have the the uh, exact right now. How it's normally supposed to be under immigration law is if you come in illegally, um, and let's say you go through the asylum claim. So basically, a judge has to has to weigh in if you have a, a credible fear for an asylum claim. If you don't. You're technically supposed to be deported after that because you don't have a legal right to stay in in the U.S. If you do, then you, you'll go through the immigration process. You could be in the U.S. Now, under Trump, things were a little bit different because while you're going through the asylum claim, Trump had you remain in Mexico. That's very different, obviously, under under uh, Biden. Now, if you and and this now the other aspect is is the U.S. has to have agreements with some of these countries. So, um, let's say you come in for from Turkey and they want to deport you back to Turkey. It's a bit difficult if, if, if the Turkish government doesn't have kind of an agreement with the U.S. to take in those individuals. So right now we do have agreements with, with like, the, like the Haitian government, Guatemalan, El Salvadorian, and, and, and a few others to just deport migrants illegally. Now, some, some are going to be tougher um, than others. Now, if you are an individual like a single male or single, um, single female crossing illegally, the chances of you getting deported 
are pretty high because you're not coming in with the family. Um, if you don't, if you don't know any individuals in the U.S. that have a sponsor, you have a pretty pretty high chance. The thing is, under the Biden administration, is many of these are going to what they call NTA, so it's going to an immigration court. But it's the courts are so backed up with the backlog. I think right now there's three million cases uh, in the backlog, which is just, I mean, it, that's that's it physically it's impossible. I can't even believe that there's three million yeah. illegal aliens. Uh, Why do we call them migrants and not illegal aliens? I mean, there, there's 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 different terms. I go with migrant because that's just like the neutral term in, in when it comes to to reporting. And a lot of it, a lot of these migrants, when they do get released, they're after that they're technically illegally allowed to be in in the U.S. Um, so I go. If with someone migrant. broke into your house, you you and, and you would call them. Uh, you could call them a trespasser, but it's also a home invasion. Yeah, I mean, you could you, honestly, you could go. I mean, with with the term that you feel, you know, whatever. I just go with migrant because it's it's what, what people don't understand. And this is good. You know, maybe maybe you might disagree with my viewpoint here, but is if you just go with the reporting of saying illegal immigrants all the time, you you your reporting that starts to become where where only a certain part of the population is looking at that reporting and that population usually already agrees with you. So if, 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 so if I start reporting always with the word illegal immigrant or migrant, only conservatives will start to read what I, what I post and things. And the thing is the right already knows that this is an issue. If that makes sense. Right. I want to, I want to be getting folks from all different backgrounds to look at this issue. Um, because it it is a humanitarian crisis. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Extra sloppy says, I think more people were deported by Biden than Trump, but that would make sense because there's significantly more crossing the border, right? Yeah, I mean, more more people under Obama were were deported under under Trump. Um, I don't know if that stat is real, if more people were if more migrants were deported under Biden than Trump. But um, I mean, it also might not be surprising because Biden is letting in. I mean, a, it's not even close. I mean, the amount of illegal immigration. I mean, all the all the legal immigration records are being set under Biden right now, including migrant deaths. I think that's something that we also forget is we're having a record number of migrants uh, die at the border. And where I'm at here in Eagle Pass, it's one of the epicenters because of the Rio Grande River. Uh, they're averaging about a drowning a day, including including kids. So that's a, that's wow. a, that's one wow. an issue that usually mainstream corporate media doesn't. Um, talk about is the humanitarian cr- uh, cost of this of of kids dying and drowning in, in the Rio Grande River. Um, that's another aspect of the story. And like I said, here in Eagle Pass, the average of drowning a day. I've done interviews with the Eagle Pass Fire Department because they're the ones usually who have to do the rescue or the recovering of the bodies. So many migrants are dying here in Eagle Pass. Local cemeteries are running out of room. The local sheriff actually had to order what they call freezer trailers from the state of Texas to start storing some of these deceased bodies because they don't have any room for the cemeteries. Also, they have another challenge of even trying to identify some of these migrant bodies so they don't even know what country they're from. And then even if they do identify them, it's nine times out of ten that that country doesn't even want to take in that, that deceased body anyway. So if, the, if, a, if a migrant from Venezuela had drowned here in the Rio Grande and they're able to identify that body, it's it's I mean, the Venezuelan government isn't going to take in that, that deceased body. So essentially, the local officials here in Eagle Pass are essentially stuck with an issue that, once again, it's the federal government that's supposed to be solving this issue, not up to, you know, lo- little local Eagle Pass local officials to solve this. Jorge, um, you, you uh, in in Seattle, you know, there's all the drug addicts on the street. They call them homeless, but but the drug taking care of the drug addicts has become an industry. It's a billion right. dollar industry. Is is deportation and border crossing and this whole phenomenon we're seeing? Is there a business around it also? So what, what when when I speak with folks, what would um 
because there's there's a lot of kind of theories of of why would a federal government allow this ma- this amount of mass illegal immigration. Um, so right now, what you do have is you do have NGOs who sometimes book the travel for these these migrants, even the federal government is is reimbursing them. So then you have kind of that aspect of you know the more migrants we take in, the technically more more money some of these NGOs um, are making. Um, so you have you have that aspect of the story. The other one is, and this is a lot a lot bigger, is by allowing this amount of mass illegal immigration, big corporations in the U.S. essentially have this huge new, um, you know, labor workforce that they don't have to pay the same rate that they would have to do for American workers. Now, we are now finding out that some of that is is true, and actually, the New York Times has done great reporting on this, where a lot of these migrant children who are coming into the U.S. are actually working in factories for like. I think like five bucks an hour, four bucks an hour. It's kind of happening all over the kind of the Midwest and factories. So New York Times has done an investigation where they're fighting a lot of these kids. There's a lot of um, what I say is um, where let, let me stop there. If, if you guys remember back around 2016, maybe a little bit before that, uh, Bernie Sanders does an interview with a progressive reporter and the progressive reporter asked Bernie Sanders, you know, why don't we allow all the poor people in the world to come in the U.S. and, you know, you know, start working and, you know, could, could make a living for themselves. And Bernie Sanders go, says that's a Koch brothers conspiracy saying if you allow that much mass immigration, it's going to hurt American workers and wages. And essentially you have corporations could, that could just hire this huge new labor force and then don't have to pay American workers and families. That's essentially what we're seeing right now with this amount of mass illegal immigration. And you have also migrant children working uh, in factories. So that once again, that hurts American workers and wages. And just talking about the political angle here, because a lot of interesting things are happening. Back in 2016, right? So that's when Trump beats beats Hillary Clinton for the first time he becomes president. Trump ran, obviously, on, on tough border, right? The whole build, build the wall was tough on border. What you start to see, if you look at voting demographics and trends, black men started flocking to the Republican Party. And the reason why black men started voting GOP is because a lot of black men um, are competing with illegal migrants when it comes to these factory jobs. So when you have tougher, tough, you know, tougher immigration law, it actually benefits black men. Um, and I think we're starting to see some of that trend back in 2024, where you're seeing the Republican Party obviously be staunch on immigration. You let, you're, you're seeing the Democratic Party being soft on, on this issue. And that's why we also see black men, once again, start to trend towards the GOP because they, they, they directly know immigration competes with their wages. So these are some of these issues that we have to pay attention to. Obviously, when it comes to white, um, uneducated college voters, they, they are, they've they kind of been on this trend pretty early, but um, I find that one pretty interesting. So, so pay attention to that. Um, but that's kind of another kind of theory, I would say, is, is huge labor force that could basically compete with the American worker. What about this? Um, I, I heard some crazy stat today that 12 million uh illegal aliens voted in the um, last Arizona election. I mean, that sounds crazy to me. Can, can, can illegal migrants vote? So as of right now, illegal migrants can't vote. They have to be a citizen. So that, that they cannot, they cannot, they cannot. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I got to look at now. Um, I know there's good, there's, there's some States where like, like city level, they're trying to let migrants like vote for like city council and stuff. So those, that's a particularly different case. And I, I have to find out what exactly cities, are, are doing but you've that, heard but, that theory, right, where the yeah. Democrats are letting in all of these migrants to get votes. You, is so there any you, is there any is there any weight to that argument? 
I mean, there, there's definitely way, a way to that. I think um, I forgot the the city council woman's name, but she was in New York and she kind of said the quiet part out loud where she says, hey, we need vote more voters in my district when she was asked about um, illegal immigration. So you have that aspect as well. And um, like I said, would they the, be the voting the illegally then? What was is, that? Is, there an expe- is there an expectation that they would vote illegally? I mean, as of right now, I don't see how any way that that, that would be able to happen. Um and it's no no migrant right now could like could basically vote in like a presidential election. Um, but obviously, this is the long game. If you want to make the theory in that argument of that case is, you know, in, in a couple of years or a few years, that migrant um, could start voting in elections. And, and, and are we seeing illegal migrants become police officers in California? We have yet to see that. Um, I know that some states have 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 talked about that, um, but we haven't seen that in California um, now, obviously, that could change. Now, obviously, uh, for those who've been paying attention, the go the go to state recently opened up um, healthcare for illegal migrants that the state will pay for. So you have that aspect. So, but we don't have where you know illegal migrants are being hired as cops. Uh, I would say just yet because this border story has been getting crazier, crazier. So um, anything new like this doesn't it doesn't surprise me anymore. Uh, Jorge, when um, during the uh, so called pandemic. Um, th- there was and still is now kids were forced to take drugs um, that were prescribed uh, by the federal government or by the state governments, federal governments, so that they could go to school. You know, kids, if they didn't if they didn't take the drugs that were mandated, they couldn't go to their universities. They couldn't go to their schools. Were the were there mass um, injection programs at the border that the illegals were getting? Was every illegal given the injection? Uh, no, and there was no um, requirement. What's, what was actually interesting is we did a report back in 2021, I think, um, in McAllen. And um, these migrants, and it was at that time where I think like, a lot of businesses were shut down. But it, Like in California, we couldn't even go to restaurants unless we proved we were injected. So I would have to assume that to come in the country, and like uh, uh, Novak Djokovic couldn't play in a tournament here, the greatest tennis player who ever lived, because he wasn't injected. You're, are you telling me that there wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, come in, but you have to take this injection? That wasn't even mandated? Not only was that not mandated, but when those migrants entered illegally, um, they actually did not even were not even required to take COVID tests. And this was proven to me by me. I spoke to these migrants, like at least like 20 of them. And they said we weren't required. Then not only that, but then they were released into the public. And then they were released um, after an NGO coordinated the travel with a plane ticket to essentially like their state of their choosing. So not only were they not required um, to even take a COVID test, but then they were put on planes and buses with the American public, you know, during the time of, you know, COVID and kind of kind of the whole the whole crazy thing, craziness with with government um, overreach, it it, 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 it kind of makes it seem like it was um, that kind of gap in the system makes it seem like it was all a facade, that it was theater and it was a hoax, maybe. And look, that that's how that's how a, a lot of people feel, and also inside Border Patrol, you know. So that's why morale um, is low. The other interesting because uh, they probably had to take the injection, right? The Border Patrol probably oh, yeah. to keep their job had to take the injection. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and this is also coming with agents who had already got COVID. So they already had a natural immunity. They still they still had to take it. But no, migrants were not are not required to uh, to take it and they could they could answer legally. Um, but yeah, if you were uh, if you were a tennis star and you wanted like to fly in and do it legal way and into an airport and everything, apparently that was illegal um, dur- during that time. Man. But uh, what, what another kind of thing that we've been uh, reporting on that I think it's, it's um, what we'll find your viewers pretty interesting is 
we're still seeing a massive surge of Chinese nationals crossing into the U.S. illegally. And the reason why the Chinese is a particularly interesting story is obviously they're coming from China. Um, it's a country that the United States doesn't have the best relationship with. Technically, the federal government has these Chinese nationals labeled as what they call special interest aliens. So they want to make sure they do deep background checks on these on these um, individuals, make sure they're not connected as members of the, the Communist China uh, Chinese Party. What makes the Chinese particularly interesting in this kind of immigration story is that once they make it to Mexico, Mexican cartels look at Chinese as a valuable commodity. And what I mean by that is a Chinese migrant is willing to pay up to $35,000 to be smuggled to the U.S. southern border, whereas a Venezuelan migrant, maybe the most they could offer is 6000 maybe even less than that. So anytime you see Chinese migrants coming in illegally, always notice that they don't look tired or, or, or look dirty because they, they don't have to join these large caravans in Mexico with like Venezuelans, Cubans, and mm -hmm. Haitians. They're, they're essentially told where to fly in, what hotels to get, and smugglers coordinate their travel. What's key in the Chinese immigration story is the, is the country of Ecuador. And what I mean by Ecuador is Ecuador right now does not require a travel for Chinese citizens. So right now, thousands of Chinese citizens, what they do is they fly into Ecuador. Uh, from there, smugglers coordinate the travel to an area called Neocoli, Colombia. From Neocoli, Colombia, they'll take boats with smugglers and they'll get to Panama. And then from Panama, they go through the Darien Gap and then they'll eventually make it into Mexico. And that's where cart Mexican cartels and criminal smugglers will then will coordinate that travel and then get them to the U.S. southern border. So in December, early December, I was in uh, an area called Hacumba Hot Springs, California. So right next to San Diego, about 60 miles east, really remote area. Um, and we continually ran into Chinese nationalists every day. I actually had a, 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 one of my videos went pretty viral where I took a video. It's about 40 seconds long and it got a group of 40 Chinese or no, 400 Chinese men, Chinese nationals who just crossed and they're coming in in record numbers. So that's also another area to pay attention to is these Chinese nationals that are coming and it's all starting with the country of, of Ecuador. So that's something that folks, you got to remember is every nationality kind of has a different story on how they get to the U.S., because of travel visas, what country helps them out? Nicaragua plays also a huge role in this because Nicaragua allows a lot of migrants to directly fly into Nicaragua and actually skip the Darien Gap and then kind of uh, continue their journey uh, into the U.S., man. So the Chinese one is an important one to kind of keep your eye on as this whole thing continues to develop. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and so I'm, I wonder if those countries have some sort of well, pretty obvious economic incentive to reduce the barrier to entry for those nationalities, especially knowing that the Chinese are coming with money. So it's probably a good deal for Ecuador. Yeah, that's right. And like I said, if the Ecuadorian government, I think it, there, there's a way there we're doing more research into this as, as we're getting more data, but there, there has to be a way where they're profiting and there's, you know, there's, there's been different agreements between Ecuador and China in the past. Nicaragua was an interesting one as well, because I was interviewing a Cuban who told me that Cubans essentially fly to Nicaragua because Nicaragua doesn't require a travel visa from Cubans because of the um, the coziness of relationship between um, between Castro and Cuba, even Daniel Ortega in Nicaragua, both both leftist regimes. Um, what's what's fascinating was is what this Cuban told me is that to get a one way is to basically get a one way ticket from Cuba to Nicaragua, it's about five thousand dollars for that for that flight ticket. And the reason why it's around five thousand dollars is because Cuban officials know. That once that Cuban takes that flight to Nicaragua, they are not coming back. You know, mm -hmm. they're, it's, it's, they're basically gone. So the Cuban government has basically uh, right now is profiting off the humanitarian crisis by descendant Cubans that are paying 5000 bucks, flying to Nicaragua, knowing, knowing that they won't come back. 
And basically what a Cuban migrant told me is the, is the, is the airline workers kind of joke too. Like, so when you, when you land in Nicaragua, the Cuban airline workers would be like, Hey guys, enjoy your vacation. We'll see you in a week or two. Basically knowing that, you know, that Mike, that, that Cuban is never coming back. And then essentially they're going to go into the U S. Jorge, I heard a story where um, there were, there were busing companies and um, they were getting about $5,000 a head for transporting uh, illegals out of the state of Texas. I was told that they also get $1,200 cash and a phone. Is there any truth to that story? So right now, and, and this is this is when I, I got, a lot of people reach out to me. So the whole busing thing, that is done directly under the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, there are buses where an NGO will pay that busing company and then they'll take migrants basically to New York or wherever those migrants want to go. So right now, busing companies are, 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 are they making money? Yes, but it's not like in a legal way. It's not like this odd, like, you know, per head. It's basically an NGO contracting that, that busing company or same thing here, state of Texas contracting that company. And there's also nothing um, illegal going on with the migrants. Migrants know where they're going. They, they approve this. They're not being forced. They're not saying, hey, get on this bus to Illinois. You have to go. It's migrants who basically want to go. And the state of Texas is essentially paying for the travel or their N- or an NGO is paying for the travel. Now, as of right now, we've, we found no proof of migrants essentially going to a location and then giving like um, $1,200 in cash. We, we, we heard rumors where they were giving like $5,000 debit cards by NGOs. We, we just haven't found any of that. Uh-huh, um, okay. But I mean, are they getting get basic services from NGOs? Like, could it, could they get them a cell phone? I mean, sure. Um, I mean, the cell phone is not the hardest thing in the world to get. You know, right now, sometimes Border Patrol gives himself gives them cell phones with just really basic services. Um, this is also for Border Patrol to know where that migrant is. So yes, yeah, the federal government has has done this, but not. I we haven't had anything regarding the money part where you know they're getting twelve hundred dollars or they're getting five thousand uh, dollars. We haven't found that. We are. Were they handing out? Are they handing out phones? Are they handing out phones by the thousands? That that isn't isn't happening. It's it's everything okay. is, is what's odd is everything is like a case by by by, by case. So it's um, this this isn't happening on on a, on a mass scale. Um, the money part for sure isn't happening. I mean, we would have got wind of that really early, and that's something that would have okay. got exposed if, if something like that. Um, what was they were happening? even the story was even reporting that people were getting money. Then they would cross back in a phone, cross back into Mexico, come back again, and they were basically just rotating in and out. But you, you've just heard rumblings of it. You have an, there, you have no proof of that. No, you haven't seen a center like that or any any. Yeah, and, uh, and, and, and I would, tell you that. And I would advise a lot of like a lot of your viewers <laughs> is maybe folks who are posting this. Sometimes they're what there's just a political commentator, meaning that essentially a political commentator they could just say this without having to prove it. You know, I'm in the role as a, as a journalist, meaning that I can't say something if right. we don't have the proof we reported it or we saw it. So everything that I'm talking that. about is, is things that we basically have verified. We saw it. it is a fact. That's how we could talk about it. So if people, you know, it's easy to say, you know, migrants are coming in, they're getting $5,000 debit cards. I get that. If you're a commentator, you can say that you can rile up your audience. But as a reporter, you know, I, I can't go and make those claims without, you know, actually I, I appreciate it and, it and everything like that. Uh, we saw um, a guy being interviewed on uh, the nation saw a guy being interviewed on Fox in New York City the other day, and he was saying we get here and it's not what we expected and things are bad and we basically are, have to resort to stealing. Have you is is there is there an uptick in crime? So there is an uptick in crime. So if you if uh, right now Chicago, they're, what they're fighting is they're fighting a lot of uh, not a lot but a, kind of a gang of Venezuelans have been committed robberies. 
Uh-oh, you froze. Did Jorge freeze for you guys or just for me? It looks like my connection is strong. Anybody? Did he freeze for you guys? I don't see Jorge moving. Uh, Bernie Gannon, the current administration is lying to the American public uh, about this and the issue surrounding it. They're embarrassed and incompetent to stop it. Yeah, frozen. Okay, maybe maybe he'll log off and uh, come back in. Man, he's a, just a fucking fire hose of information, right? I mean, he's seen so much. Let me see. Um, I'm going to kick uh, Jorge from the studio, and let's see if we can um, let's see if we can get him back. Maybe send him the link. Maybe his phone died. For all we know, right? And bam, resend them a link and see what pops up. Uh, let me know if you have any questions you'd like to pile in here too. Okay, uh, Venezuelan gang in Chicago. Um, th- there are some reports of so, some stealing uh, there. I don't want to say Venezuelan gang, but there are individuals inside the migrant Venezuelan community that have okay. are committing crimes right now in Chicago, robbing stores, um, assaults. This is also happening uh, in New York City uh, as well. What you have right now is let, let, let's just talk about Chicago, New York right now. Okay. You have two cities who are taking in hundreds of thousands of migrants and have now completely overwhelmed. Shelters are overrun. There is no space for migrants. Why did they take in those migrants? Why are they taking in those migrants? Well, so the two reasons this is, this is happening. This is not because New York openly said, I want to, we want to take in migrants. Now they, that New York City has openly said, we are a sanctuary city. We're not going to deny migrants. We want to be a city with open arms. That's and, they, and they also get housing there, right? What the, the implications of a sanctuary yeah. city is you can come here. We won't let ICE come and get you and, yes. we'll, and we'll give you shelter. Yes. Now, I got I to gotta look at Chicago's laws, but New York has a right to shelter law. So meaning like okay. they, the city has to shelter you if you are a homeless person. Now, the mayor, who is a Democrat, supporter of Biden, it, the situation has gotten so out of hand, even the mayor wants to suspend that rule. Because they're they've been completely overwhelmed. So you have and 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 just to answer your first question of why the city took them in. First of all, they're, they're sanctuary cities. The other aspect is the state of Texas turned it up a notch. And what I mean by that is when they got overwhelmed, they said, you know what? Let's have you guys deal with it. So they started putting those migrants on buses and just started sending them to New York and Chicago. So the city's essentially and they've were like, sent that oh, many. Man. They've sent a so if there's let's say let's say just for easy math, there's a hundred people per bus. And let's say there's a hundred thousand um, uh, migrants in New York. Do you think New York has sent a thousand busloads of migrants up to New York? Do you think Texas has done that? No, Chicago has sent a good amount, but still the majority are still arriving from nonprofits and NGOs. They're the ones who but are going to travel. So, so do you think that these NGOs? Why are they doing that? Why are are they doing that to please uh, uh, Governor Abbott? No. So what they what they do is they basically tell the migrant. Hey, where do you want to go? Like, where's your final destination? What is it? Why? What? Give me an example of what an NGO is. Why are they doing that? Where are they so getting it's, their it's money? Kind of like a, it's like it, they're like Catholic Catholic charities on the border, right? And the okay. Border Patrol a while back, the federal government made an agreement with an NGO saying, if essentially we get too overwhelmed with the amount of migrants that come, we'll hand them off to you after we've done the processing, and you take care of the travel, meaning. Two ways. Either you get a family member to pay for their bus ticket or plane ticket to whatever state they want to go to or that migrant or, you know, whatever. Or that NGO will basically 
purchase it themselves. So that that, that um, charity will buy the ticket. So let's say they want you want to go to Indianapolis. Okay, we'll put you on a bus or a ticket to Indianapolis. They'll have that receipt and then show it to the federal government, and the federal government is going to reimburse Holy that shit. NGO. So, so it's not just all on Governor Abbott. It's no. also the federal government is offering relief to the state of Texas by by causing chaos in other places, and people are choosing Denver, Chicago. Remember, remember, these NGOs just want to get these folks to the final destination because NGOs are also overwhelmed themselves. You know, even the NGO themselves is running out of room. So they say, where do you want to go? And they say, we got family in New York. All right, boom, you're going to New York. Where do you want to go? We want to go to Denver, Chicago. And that's where those migrants are headed. What's interesting, man, is notice how these uh, Democratic mayors, they only criticize the state of Texas when they do it, but they never criticize the federal government when they send migrants to their cities. So okay. you have – so basically these cities have taken in so many migrants that they can no longer shelter them. And then you have the aspect where these migrants technically are not illegally allowed to work. So if you're a migrant in Chicago and let's say you're sleeping in a Chicago police station right now, which many of them are, you can't just go to, to the 7-Eleven or the Target and apply for a job. Because you technically are not illegally allowed to work. So that's why you have mayors saying, if you're going to send us all these migrants, at least expedite a work permit and get these guys working. So mm. that now you have all these other aspects. But right now, many of these migrants, they're coming to, to the city of Chicago. They're enduring some bu- brutal cold conditions, you know, in the freezing snow. They have no shelter to go to. And many of them are saying, you know, this is not, not worth it. And I and this is what happens when cities get overwhelmed and they, they they are literally running out of resources. And right now, um, actually today, and I, and I sent a tweet, a tweet about it, the state of New York, through uh, Governor um, Hochul, has basically pinned a letter to President Biden saying, dude, we need $1.4 billion when it just comes to housing migrants. So she sent a letter along with eight other state governors. Um, so this thing is really heating up. And like I said, right now, migrants are essentially living on the streets in cities like Denver, Chicago, and New York, and they're not allowed to work as well. Um, and this is all still being paid by the taxpayer. So if you're a taxpayer, you are footing the bill for this, especially in New York. Like I said, they're spending $8 million a day in housing migrants. I mean, Can you just, just go to New York City and feel the impact of it now? If I if I flew into yeah. uh, JFK and I was walking around downtown Manhattan, would I feel the impact of this? Yeah, I mean, according to my friends that live in New York and local reports that I follow as well, it's, it's impacted every part of life. If you remember, man, I mean, just like around a week ago around that time, they had the whole issue where it was too cold at one of the migrant shelters that they had to move a bunch of migrants to like a high, like a middle school, and yeah. they had to cancel, you know, class for the kids. It, it had this whole um, or, ordeal. So right now, even Democrat voters have been completely affected by by this issue. Um, like I said, why Denver, don't they all go to San Diego? I mean, I don't want them to, but why don't they all go there? Well, many of these migrants that do cross into San Diego, because you know this is happening in, in San Diego as well. Their final it's all about their final destination. So their final destination is not San Diego. It's it's another, you know, major city or, or whatever. For some reason they want to go to somewhere else. Yes. What about this story that we heard that um the Denver uh hospital uh system has oh, collapsed? Yes. Is that is that true? There's so many migrants yes. demanding medical services that Denver's hospital system is collapsing? Or is that hyperbolic? No, that that is true. Now, I don't know if it's if it's collapsing, but I do know they got like twenty million dollars in unpaid bills. So what's happening right now for for that for that hospital is, I'll, I'll explain it like this because I'll speak more from what, what I've seen. So I'm I'm here in Eagle Pass, right? And this is like I said, been an epicenter in the border crossing. So let's say there's hundreds of migrants being processed, and there's a couple medical emergencies or migrants have been injured crossing. 
the local fire department here, local ambulances, which I think they only have like 10 ambulances for the whole county. So it's very understaffed. They then have to go pick up these migrants, um, attend to their medical um, emergency. And if they need, you know, uh, to be taken to the hospital, they have to be then taken to the hospital. All that falls on the city of Eagle Pass to pay for it. The migrant isn't going to pay for that. So when I spoke to the local fire chief, what he told me is that in the year of 2023, the basically the fire department with the local hospital lost half a million dollars just in attending migrants and serving medical emergencies. And then the city doesn't get paid for it. So right now, the city of Eagle Pass essentially is begging the federal government to be reimbursed. We are, we're seeing this right now in Denver and also in the state of Massachusetts, I believe in Boston, where their major hospitals are serving so many migrants and it's obviously going unpaid for. They're just stacking up so many bills and all this all this is falling on that hospital to pay for the overtime, extra equipment. It really impacts a city like Eagle Pass that's really small. Like I said, they only have like eight to ten ambulances for the whole county. Um, and it also affects the citizens. So if you're a citizen who has a major major emergency, there's a good chance it's going to be delayed because that ambulance is being deployed to the border and it's attending a, a migrant. So what Eagle Pass told me is that um, around half a million calls and they're averaging, I believe, could be 30 to 60 calls a day uh, or a week, I believe, just attending to migrants strictly and not to the citizens of EcoPass. Why does the federal government care what the state is doing? Why don't they just um, accept the barbed wire as support? Well, see, that, that that's a good question. Um, I mean, this is just my kind of perspective on this issue. I believe if this was happening under Trump, um, he would allow it. I don't think he he would go to bat with the state of Texas. The Biden administration has just, you know, they they are just so against any Republican demand on the border. I don't think they want to cave to him in any way. Um, and that's why they're, I think they're willing to go to court. They're willing to get the Department of Justice involved. Um, so right now, like I said, like when you when you in terms of border security, I mean, just this is just this is not even my opinion. I mean, you could just look at the, the numbers, show it. I mean, the federal government isn't doing any of that. Um, so you you really have the state of Texas kind of putting this corner saying they're not there. There's no um, the federal government isn't doing any border security. They're doing um, uh, immigration. Docenting, they're facilitating the immigrants coming in is what you're saying. And, and you also have an issue where Governor Greg Abbott last year had to run for reelection. Now, he was always going to win his seat. It wasn't even going to be competitive, but he did have Republicans run against him. Who even demanded that Abbott do more? You know, they said, "Hey, we know Biden right. failed, but what is the state of Texas is doing?" So I think Abbott also got put into this corner in a way to kind of react. They're they're kind of doing what they're doing, what they're doing right now, where they've taken over Shelby Park, they're arresting migrants that cross illegally, they kicked out Border Patrol. Um, according to Abbott and to the Attorney General, they are going to welcome this lawsuit from Biden. They're willing to go to court, um, and I think it's also it's a it's a win for Abbott because he could also go back to his voters and say. Hey, I'm being tough on the border. I'm taking on the state of Texas. I'm the only border state um, who's actively fighting with the administration. And Abbott also has the attorney general on board. If the AG is also willing to go to bat, you, we, we have a battle. We're going to have a, a showdown. And I think tomorrow is going to be a fascinating day. I, I can't wait to get into Eagle Pass. And I mean, I'm here in Eagle Pass, but I can't wait to get into Shelby Park and see the dynamics between, you know, Border Patrol agents and, and Texas DPS with the Texas military. How many will be there? How how many of these uh, state troopers will be there versus how many federal agents? I mean, on side? Do you right know? now there's will it be fifty and fifty or a hundred. Right and now there's or? there's not any federal agents at Shelby Park. Now they are being allowed. The only thing that Border Patrol agents are allowed to do 
is access of a boat ramp, which gives them access to the Rio Grande. But, but that's it. They're not allowed to, to conduct normal operations. There's hundreds of Texas National Guardsmen's and DPS. Not only this oh, the National State Guard is there. The National Guard is there. Yeah. yeah. So when you see viral videos of the riot shields, that's Texas National Guard. So basically what you have is if, if you have two state factions. You have Texas military, which is Texas National Guard, and then Texas state troopers under Texas DPS essentially working together and, and doing doing this kind of border showdown. The thing is, what, what DPS is telling me, Texas, Texas state troopers, they're saying is, hey, we're there to help Texas military. They're the main ones in control. But it is Texas DPS where if a migrant crosses illegally um, and they're a single male or a single female, they're the ones who are doing the arrest, even charging. And, you know, well, obviously that, that's going to be up to a local judge. So, so so they're doing that aspect of of this operation. Um, any any talk of expanding the National Guard's role? Like, fuck it. Let's this is working at Eagle Pass. Let's let's get even more. And have we any other states have any yet? other states uh, offered to send their National Guard? Yes. So um, one interesting thing is when you are here in Eagle Pass on the border, you will also see Florida State Troopers. So Des- DeSantis about a year ago deployed Florida State Troopers uh, to the southern border. And what's kind of interesting about that angle is that's being paid for by the state of Florida. So they're not giving the bill um, to Texas or, or Abbott. They're they're sort of essentially helping the administration um with that what's you know if you want to talk about a political aspect and this is what i find interesting just as like a the political nerd aspect is you have a florida governor who sent his own state troopers deployed them to the texas border to assist texas officials florida is paying for it yet the governor of texas still endorsed the opponent of uh desantis which you know abbott ended up endorsing trump so that's kind of an interesting angle there but but florida state troopers are still here they've been deployed over a year ago that's being paid by the state of Florida. Um, now, other states have also sent their their state their state troopers here, but they've been deployed in like maybe a few months or a month long operation, and then they 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 come back. I know Montana did. I believe South Dakota did, and I know a few other Republican states sent their own uh, National Guard. But Florida still right now is actively on the border, and as of right now, DeSantis has not recalled those Texas state those Florida state troopers uh, back to Florida yet. Jorge, awesome dude. Thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you. Fifty-four man. minutes awesome. of just straight information. I fucking love it. You demand, dude. dude. Well, wait, where, where are you headed tomorrow? Where are you traveling to? I'm in Idaho. I'm in Idaho, and it sounds like tomorrow we're going to go somewhere else in Idaho. So nice, that's man. it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And yeah, I would. I would. You know, if anyone is interested in this, in this whole kind of border showdown now between the feds and the state, um, I would recommend following my Instagram because I said tomorrow is going to be an interesting day. I'm on the ground right now in Eagle Pass. We'll, we'll be on the ground continuing that. And we're always working on, you know, new stories. We got a, we have a Tijuana cartel story coming up. I can't say too much, but, um, you know, stay tuned for all that. And, uh, yeah, man, it's always great talking to you. Let me know when you, when you want to have me on. And if we can make it work, we'll definitely make it work. Yeah, I always appreciate your quick responses. All right, brother, uh, be safe. And we'll be watching at, at Jorge Ventura TV. Thanks, brother. Perfect. Awesome. Take care, guys. Ciao. Booyah, Kasha. Crazy, right? I could talk to him another hour, but I got I to get ready for Jimmy Letchford tomorrow. President Goruck. I got to pee. Drink my fifth sparkling water. Who was saying I was getting my words mixed up? I wasn't getting my, I wasn't getting my words mixed up. What are you talking about? All right. Thanks, guys. Fun show. Uh, thanks, Caleb and Matt, for getting this scheduled up uh, last minute. Um... Tons of, man, so much fucking cool content coming out.
I will talk to you soon. Thanks for all your support, you guys. Bye-bye.